0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: In the dense wilderness of Yosemite National Park, an unknown predator roamed free, having escaped from a secretive government facility. It moved with calculated stealth, blending seamlessly with the shadows of the towering trees. Its true nature remained shrouded in mystery, but its intentions were clear to hunt and conquer. Meanwhile, in a fog-laden coastal park, Ranger Ray carried out his duties with unwavering dedication. The tranquil beauty of the mist-filled landscape was disrupted by whispers, eerie voices that seemed to materialize from the ethereal veil. Ray's senses heightened as the whispers grew more menacing, echoing through the damp air. He knew he was no longer alone, Within the mist, an unseen predator lurked, its malevolent presence growing ever closer. Ray's heart raced as he navigated the treacherous trails, his footsteps muffled by the fog. Suddenly, the creature pounced, its feral instincts taking hold. It bore an uncanny resemblance to a Sasquatch, but its eyes glowed a menacing shade of red. In a desperate bid for survival, Ray reached for his weapon aiming to defend himself against the nightmarish assailant. A fierce struggle ensued, their bodies locked in a battle for dominance. Adrenaline surged through Ray's veins as he fought against the overwhelming force of the predator. With sheer determination, Ray managed to seize his gun, unleashing a volley of bullets at the beast. The creature collapsed, its lifeless body sinking into the damp earth. Relief washed over Ray as he caught his breath believing the threat had been vanquished. But his respite was short-lived. Moments later, a group of men dressed in black arrived, their presence enigmatic and foreboding. They swiftly collected the lifeless creature, showing no concern for Ray's well-belling. Before he could protest, darkness descended upon him as he succumbed to unconsciousness. When Ray awoke, he found himself disoriented and alone. The memory of the encounter remained vivid in his mind, but the man in black and the enigmatic creature had vanished without a trace. Questions lingered, but Ray knew that the truth lay hidden in the depths of secrecy. Me and my pregnant wife were staying at my parents' house in Northwest Tennessee on September 17th, 2021. It is about 50 yards from our new house. I went out on their back patio to smoke a cigarette around 12 a.m. Over the fence I heard something that sounds like it was choking on something, but at the same time sounded like a distorted pig squealing. It would make sounds in about two, three-second spurts. I honestly thought it was a hawk or owl, anything that could be explained. I thought it was definitely weird, but probably natural. About three hours later, I couldn't sleep and decided I would go to the gym. As I'm walking to my car across the yard and towards the road, I hear this same weird sound coming from about 50 yards away at my 10 o'clock direction. I looked around and I couldn't see anything or hear anything. Then I hear "Hey, hey, in a woman's voice coming from the same direction. So I looked back up and there was nothing there. As I'm scanning the yard, I hear that loud squealing noise again. I got in my car and dipped as fast as possible. I thought it was weird, but didn't give it a second thought until a month later, I was on TikTok and saw a video of a man riding a horse in Arizona, I believe. And in the video, I heard a woman say, Hey, hey, this makes him and the horse both freak out and run away. It was believed to be a skinwalker. When I heard that same voice and those same words, almost like a recording, my heart sank to my stomach. I really don't believe in any of this, and I've tried every way I can to disprove it, and I truly can't. It doesn't scare me as much anymore as it intrigues me. I am so, so curious to know what that was, and why me? This was last year in Bordeaux, France. I lived in a building that was going to be destroyed, so there were only like three apartment out of sixty with people in it and they were far. From me in another branch of the building, I was sleeping in my room. It was during summer. Then I remember being woke up by something tapping on my window. When I looked at it, I saw something strange. I'm not native English speaker, so excuse me if it's difficult to explain. There was a shape human-sized, I guess, moving on the balcony. It was like in the movie Predator, when the creature is in stealth mode. Or like in summer, when on a road you see heat coming out of the road and your vision is a little bit blurry cause of that. At first, being half-sleeping, I thought, why the F did I put the radiator on? Every time I tried to close my eyes to go back to sleep, there was two distinct tapping sound on one of the windows three different one, one I can see through, and two I can't cause of shutters. It was like something was messing with me, and it was every time I closed my eyes, easy to spot cause I was sleeping facing the window and not far from it. As I told you there was no one in this part of the building, I lived on the third floor, with no trees or thing in front that can cause such a sound, and he too tapping were every time at the same interval. I started to be really scared when I noticed that the shape was moving in order to tap on different windows. It was so disturbing that I couldn't move an inch. It was like this for quite a time. Maybe hours, can't tell, was too afraid to even take my phone. When the sun was rising, I probably felt asleep out of exhaustion. I will never forget this feeling of dread and pure fear when I saw this shape. my mom brother and i were driving over an highway overpass one night a few years back and this big black hairless creature jumped over the side of the overpass ran on all fours in front of our car and a few others jumped over the dividing median but grabbed it with its front feet ran in front of the other cars on the other side of the highway then jumped down the other side of the overpass this thing had really long, skinny front legs and very short back legs. It was skinny, and when our headlights shone on it, it turned its head to look at the traffic coming towards it. Its face was creepily long, like a horse, almost, or a big deer. It was just weird, and didn't look like anything my mom or I had ever seen before. This was like ten years ago, and I've been trying to come up with every idea of what it could have been a manged black bear, some strange manged wolf or black manged coyote or something, but nothing looks like it at all. The head, though, is what ifs with me. It was much too big and long for the body. My mom and I saw it and slammed on the brakes like other drivers next to us. We were freaking out, trying to figure out what we just saw. While my brother in the back seat, trying to figure out what happened, because he didn't see it, but saw everyone hitting fire brakes and slamming fire horn. This happened in Silverdale, Washington. There is a hike to the top of Pikes Peak that has a camp halfway up, popular with tourists. It's a pretty tough 13 miles to the peak. I do a shorter hike that breaks off and shares the same trail that loops around. I often love doing the loop twice. On my first loop, about three miles from the trailhead, I come across a British couple who were very nice and looked like they were having a great time. They told me a little about themselves, and they asked me how much further was to the camp at the halfway point, and I told them it was about another three miles further up. They told me they were staying at the camp, and I found it a bit odd that they weren't carrying backpacks or supplies except for water. They thanked me and also told me, oh, in due mind that our luggage is coming up behind us. I thought to myself, luggage? On the way down, and I saw what they meant. About 1.5 miles from the trailhead here was a young Indian man carrying two huge red luggages up the trail by himself. These were the types of luggages you see at hotels with tiny wheels, and both looked extremely heavy. The only way this young man, who presumed to be their butler of sorts, can move the luggages up the trail was to lift up one at a time with both arms a few feet forward set it down and repeat with the other one he looked pretty tired and he wasn't even nearly a quarter of the way to the camp he was wearing regular street clothes no sweater and wearing flat converse shoes which are awful for hiking i spoke to him a little bit and with his thick indian accent he also had questions about how long it was to the camp he made a sad sigh when i said he still had about four one-half miles to go It was around 5 p.m. and the sun was already starting to set and I let him know that at at this pace I wasn't sure if he'd make up there before dark. All he could say was, well, they're expecting their stuff to be up there so I have to make it today. I wished him luck and went on my way. On my second loop around the shorter trail I didn't come across the well-off British couple again. They must have continued on past where the trail splits. I did, however, come across the young man and again, who after about two hours had only made about another mile of progress. He looked absolutely exhausted, and the wheels of the luggages were completely worn down to the base, so he had to continue carrying them up one at a time. It looked like his back was hurting, too. He again asked me how much further it was to the camp. To his dismay, I let him know that he still wasn't even halfway there. I asked him what he was going to do. He had no idea. He came to the conclusion that he'll probably just sleep by the side of the trail and then try to make it up in the morning. He asked me if I had any water that he can buy off of me. I had a spare Gatorade, and he mentioned that he only had a $50 bill, but he was willing to give it to me. Seeing how desperate of a situation he was to offer so much for a drink and how tired he looked, I just gave it to him and told him to keep the money. I have no idea what happened afterwards, but that was one of the most weird things I've ever seen. This guy was totally unprepared for a hike like this. I felt super bad for him. I wonder how his night went what that British couple decided to do without their supplies making it up that night, I hope they eventually went back down to help him. I was backpacking alone at Mount Rainier. During the night, I saw three circular, flat-flying objects hovering like 100 feet in the sky, doing patterns. They would leave and come back, and it was all night from dusk until dawn. At one point, one hovered over my tent. I had the rain fly off, so I watched them through the mesh the entire night frozen with fear. As soon as the sun rose, I shoved all of my gear into my pack and ran all the way back to my car. I drove to the ranger station to ask if they were testing any weird equipment. He said there was a military base nearby. Those things did not look like any drones I've ever seen or anything that I can explain. The bummer is that I was alone in that entire wilderness area, and no one else got to see it. I was hiking and camping in the Sangre de Cristo mountains with intent to summit some mountains the next few days. I make camp for the night and I'm just enjoying the evening when I hear a bunch of motorized equipment, four wheelers and dirt bikes below me tearing up in the meadow. There are probably twenty twenty five people in this group. The route I came in didn't allow any motorized equipment, but oh well, what can you do anymore? So they start to make camp also and are boisterous and loud. I am certain there is a lot of alcohol being consumed. Not the experience I was planning to have, but I am moving on in the morning. Around 11 p.m. I'm trying to sleep in my tent and the party is still raging. Then the gunshots start. The drunks are just shooting wildly in all directions out of their camp to being the party to a whole other level. I'm about 400 feet away, and they are shooting in my direction. There is a large boulder near my campsite, so I exit my tent and set my sleeping bag up on the other side of the boulder to avoid being struck by any stray bullets that might travel that far. I pack up and leave in the morning and encounter one of the group awake smoking a cigarette. He asked where I came from, and I indicated by pointing and said where you were shooting. At last night. His reply was, oh, and I just walked away. I went back to that area about a month later, and all of their trash was left behind. Out-of-staters coming to Colorado and trashing it to have a good time on vacation is one of the reasons I left the state, to live somewhere less popular for tourism and more wild. That will change someday, too. A couple of years ago, when I was still in high school, my friend and I were walking along a long and lonesome road in southern Pennsylvania. We were bored as hell and looking for bottles alongside the road to smash against rocks and trees, just talking about nothing as we went along. Very few cars traveled that road, and for a long time we didn't see any, so we just walked in the road now and then. I don't remember when I noticed but the entire world turned red. It was as if a red curtain was pulled in front of the sun and washed everything in a light crimson ting. It started as bad, and I'm glad he was there to confirm it because I thought I was going crazy or having a stroke or something. When nothing happened for a while, we just kept walking, but I felt extremely on edge like something was very wrong. Eventually, the red light faded after what felt like forever, but was probably 10 or 15 minutes. I have never seen or heard of anything like it before or since. I was with my friends at a cottage in the middle of the forest, secluded as F. We went there to to party hard and spent three days being completely cray-faced. We had just as much hard alcohol as we had water. So this night, when it's after midnight, we decide to take a stroll to a nearby Jewish graveyard. We're in Czech Republic on German border. I don't know why there's cemetery over there. There is literally no civilization all around it. Well, so we set off. We have to follow a dirt trail through a very dense forest, with no other light source other than my camera's orange-focusing light, which, surprise, barely illuminated anything. Needless to say, we were S-faced. We barely walked. I had my German Shepherd with me, who kept running back and forth, making sure his herd of friends is safe. Fast forward to the cemetery. Nothing weird has happened. We poked around did some Silly crap, and then decided to return. Once we are going through the most claustrophobic area of the forest, I can hear a rustling in the bushes. Something moving very, very loudly. I use focus on my camera for the little orange light and see a figure, so I click the button to take a picture with a flash. Everyone screamed as we saw a person who yelled back gibberish and continued to walk towards us like a freaking zombie. We set off and run my doggo probably confused starts to bark and runs with us it's only that we stopped running that one of our friends yells back at us that we're idiots and that it's one of our buddies who got lost on the way to cemetery later he passed out so we had to drag him back i told the f that it wasn't the best idea to bring rum with him kinda upset it our mids later what if we completely forgot about him He had to have been alone for more than thirty minutes while barely conscious. I was walking my dog very early one morning and I was the only person out at the time. It was winter, so it was quite cold and the streets were icy. All of a sudden, from behind me, I heard this low guttural growling noise. I turned around, and I saw way, way up the street behind me, a man walking my way. I thought surely it couldn't be him making the noise, as he seemed too far away. Anyway, I dismissed it and kept walking. A couple of minutes later, I heard it again. Only this time, it was right behind me. My dog starts freaking out, barking, and trying to get at whatever it was making this noise. This time, I didn't look behind me. I just started walking faster the growls became louder and longer. It was the weirdest thing. It sounded like a cross between a demon and an animal. Anyway, I practically dragged my dog to our house and slammed the door. I ran to the window and looked out. There was nothing there. I told my husband. He just shrugged his shoulders and dismissed the whole thing. After it happened, I bought a vial of pepper spray So one night I decided to go to sleep after a whopping three days of no sleep. But no, I have to get the spook of my life to keep me up the rest of the night. I was up late, around 2.30 a.m. or something like that, and I was ready to hit the hay. But before that, I was going to have nice ham and mayo sandwich. Leaning on an open window, looking out on the street, it was super empty. I live in a pretty scummy area, full of eshes australian gangster wannabes walking around acting like they own the place but no they were nowhere to be seen i went to go wash my hands and go to be but just after i left the window i hear deep screech that came from outside you'd expect me to say there was dark figure wouldn't you it absolutely wasn't i looked outside the window to see this lanky creature which almost looked like it's glowing I rubbed my eyes, and it was still there. I thought that cliché would work. I saw it walking down the street with continuous screams, and it was kind of pissing me off, not going to lie. So I leave the window and go to the front of my house to go get a proper look from my front balcony, gone. The screeching stopped when I left the window. I honestly should have gone to check the window to see if it was gone. When it stopped that, but again. It was around 2.40 a.m. at this point. Weird thing is that those Eshes haven't been around, causing havoc for a while. They did come back the night after, but then they just stopped as well as the monster. I honestly wonder if it just me, or if I actually saw something. I was probably just sleep-deprived now that I think about it. The scariest part of it all is the fact that I've never had night terrors or even believe in the paranormal. But that was honestly something I thought no one, especially not myself, would have that experience. But I do believe in the phrase, everything has a reason, but with them both mixing together. It really doesn't make sense, but all I can do is tell you guys this to determine this. Just a heads up, this was 2020 when I was isolated if that makes it any more convincing. After that whole experience, I was making the ewers in my head all night, which was keeping me up until the sun rose. I still hear the sounds of the screech in my head sometimes, but when I try to replicate them out loud, it doesn't really sound right, if that makes sense. I want to think that that monster, or whatever that was real, and I wasn't just seeing things, but who knows i honestly too lazy to do my own research on it, so I I thought you guys would know better than anyone since you're so woke. Do y'all know what the hell that was? It was four or five years ago, but the memory of that night still haunts me. My ex-boyfriend and I were driving through one of Georgia's national battlefields, once an Indian land, with a history of haunting stories. The stars were shining brightly that night and we wanted to take advantage of the clear sky and peaceful atmosphere. We cruised along the empty roads, windows down, enjoying the night air. My ex decided to stop at one of the fields to capture the beauty of the Milky Way with his camera. I stayed in the car, gazing at the sky, lost in the vast expanse above me. Suddenly, from the corner of my right eye, I saw something white crawling towards the car. My heart skipped a beat, and my first thought was that it must be a ghost. After all, the battlefield was known for its haunted past. But as I looked more closely, I realized this was something entirely different. This creature had no face and moved with an unnatural gait as if all of its bones were broken. The sight of it sent shivers down my spine and I was paralyzed with fear, unable to react or call out to my ex. As he finished taking the picture and returned to the car, I mustered the courage to turn and fully face the creature. It had stopped making its way towards us and as if sensing our attention, darted back into the woods. My ex, oblivious to what had just occurred, started the car and we drove off, leaving the eerie encounter behind us. Ever since that night, I've believed that I came face to face with a skinwalker. The fact that it had no eyes made me question my conclusion, but the experience was too terrifying and unexplainable to be anything else. To this day, I can't shake the image of that faceless creature crawling towards us and the memory of that night serves as a chilling reminder of the unknown lurking in the shadows. I had an eerie encounter during a solo hunting trip. I had successfully tagged out on the first day of a deer hunt, and with ten full days off work, I wasn't ready to return to the real world just yet. I decided to spend a few nights exploring new areas of the hunting unit for future seasons. I took a service road deep into the wilderness and found the perfect spot in a valley surrounded by towering peaks. I set up camp and then ventured out to scout the area for deer, just for fun. As I headed back to camp, I noticed something peculiar. Several of the trees surrounding my campsite were scarred with deep vertical marks. They looked like claw marks, but I couldn't tell if they were from a bear, a mountain lion, or even purposefully made by someone trying to fool people like me. I shrugged it off and settled in for the night. Being a light sleeper, any sound or disturbance could easily awaken me, and in the dead of night, that's precisely what happened. I was jolted awake by the most chilling sound I'd ever heard, a screaming banshee like whale echoing through the valley. I lay there frozen in my sleeping bag as the eerie sound repeated several times, each scream sending shivers down my spine. I tried to rationalize the noise, telling myself it must be a distant animal or the wind howling through the trees. But deep down I couldn't shake the feeling that something otherworldly was out there, haunting the valley. As morning broke, I packed up my camp, my nerves still on edge from the night before. I left the area, unable to shake the memory of the spine-chilling screams and the unexplained claw marks. To this day, the experience remains one of the most unsettling moments of my life, a reminder that there are still mysteries lurking in the wild, waiting to be discovered by the unsuspecting adventurer. I'm atheist, so, or I'm an abnormally lucky guy, or somebody is watching out for me. Not one, not two, not three, but four times I had this urgency to go to an open area. If I were claustrophobic, I would understand it, but when I got to this open area, not one single building around me and strong earthquake will hit the town. Puebla. 1998, 1999, and 2017 in Arizaba, 2015. Weird thing is, I don't live in those cities. Four times I've outran a in Hurricane Category 5 by matter of hours. When I need something, I usually get it. You want to know how crazy it has become, this last year due pandemic. United States Consulate in Mexico stopped all working related to foreign visas without visa. I couldn't work on the United States. So I got dumped to that opportunity. Fast forward to September and another chance is hitting my doorbell. Better salary, better conditions, just plain better. But since I didn't cancel my visa appointment, I had preference during the few three or four weeks the United States consulate worked before having to shut down again. Everything was just one day to do. One day, wait to the interview, one day to get the visa. From there, I can go on and on about losing bus tickets only to later seeing that bus was wrecked or hijacked, only studying the topics of a test. was so common my classmates were pending on what topics I ended up studying. Seriously, I'm a very lucky person. And before you ask, I have never lost on lotteries, scratches, and those kind of things. Never. I've never won big time, but never lost, and I got the feeling I shouldn't keep trying. I can't honestly explain from where such good luck comes, and I know statistics, and I know chances are almost always on our favor, but seriously, I just have so much luck that is just ridiculous. Living in a small town can often mean long drives to access shopping centers and entertainment venues. My ex-girlfriend, my daughter, and I decided to head to the nearest city about 25 miles away to spend a weekend browsing bookstores and enjoying a day out just like we used to do before my ex left in C-19, disrupted our life. The drive was familiar and uneventful taking us past a state park that we'd visited countless times before. However, on this particular day, something strange caught my eye, hovering about a hundred feet or so above the center of the road, just above the tree line, was a shiny metallic ball. Its presence was inexplicable, and I couldn't take my eyes off it as I tried to make sense of what I was seeing. My focus on the mysterious object meant that I was no longer paying attention to the road, and before I knew it, the car had veered too far to the side, causing the tires to make that unmistakable bar sound as they hit the grooves on the shoulder. My ex-girlfriend, clearly alarmed, shouted, Babe, urging me to correct our course and avoid an accident. I quickly straightened the car and asked her, Do you see that? She responded with a puzzled, what, when I looked up again to point out the strange metallic ball, it had completely vanished. It was as if it had never been there in the first place, and I was left questioning my own perception. We continued on our journey to the city, but the encounter with the mysterious object weighed heavily on my mind. I replayed the incident over and over in my head, trying to understand what I'd seen and why it had disappeared so suddenly. My ex-girlfriend and daughter remained skeptical, but I knew that what I had witnessed was not a figment of my imagination. To this day I still have no explanation for the shiny metallic ball that appeared and vanished in the blink of an eye. The experience has left me with a sense of awe and curiosity, a reminder that there is always more to discover and that the world around us is filled with mysteries waiting to be explored. I'd like to start this by stating that I don't believe in the supernatural. But once, when I was 16, I was at a sleepover at a friend's house, and at about 3 a.m., I got up to get myself a cup of water. My bud was half asleep, but I asked if he wanted one too, which he just kinda did the mime sound to, and, and then turned to face away from the door in bed. I got out the door as the room was directly connected to the kitchen grabbed two cups, and filled them. As I now had both my hands full, I tried to whisper for him to open the door as others in the house were asleep. I saw his hand crawl around the edge of the very slightly open door. The door started pulling into the room, but with closer inspection, the hand was completely blue, tinted with very yellow nails and way skinnier than hands of anyone in the house. I got into the room, not thinking too much of it, turned out. He was completely asleep, still turned away from the door. Didn't freak me out till the day after. My best friend of 16 years told me a story that I will never forget. This didn't happen directly to me, but it scared the shit out of me that I literally think about this tale once a week. This friend and I have been best buds since the first day of kindergarten. She's an atheist who has never believed in ghosts or anything paranormal. I used to tell her ghost stories all the time to try and mess with her, but she's all science. After she moved into this house, I think her beliefs have changed a bit. She and two other roommates and a cat moved into this old house in North Carolina that was notorious for being spooky and haunted. Weird things would happen all of the time. For example, her roommate was sitting on her bed once and her desktop computer mouse unplugged itself and literally flew across the room. The cat would be fine one minute, then look into a dark corner and hiss, stand on her haunches, run and hide. They would hear noises, feel they were being watched. All typical haunted house stuff. One of the creepiest parts of this story isn't actually paranormal at all. This old, old woman, whose husband later told the group she had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, would frequently come to the house and knock on the door asking to see her mother. I suppose she lived in the neighborhood and would walk to the house and the husband, still with a clear mind, would have to drive and apologetically pick up his wife and take her home. The roommates would gently tell her that no one lives there except the three of them, and she would usually leave, confused. One day, my friend was home alone, sitting on the couch, watching TV. The back door was located behind the couch. Because of the TV, my friend didn't hear the back door open, but she sensed someone behind her. She turned around, and that old woman was standing there, calling out for her mother. My friend freaked and told the woman she had to leave and escorted her to the door. I guess the old woman stopped coming around after that. So fast-forward a few months, and the uh, three roommates, two girls, one guy, decide to move out and go their separate ways. But the night before they moved out, they decided to wide aboard board the plate. I told my friend she's a idiot for doing this, and uh, apparently the little cop or whatever was flying around that board. Something came through. They asked it several questions. They asked if it was here alone, and it said no. They asked if it was human, and it said no. And that was that. But it gets weirder. My friend told me she'd often be driving to work or her new apartment in the same town and would just end up at the house. Like she had no control or awareness of where she was driving, she would just go there. One time she said she even knocked and tried to move back in without knowing why or where this impulse was coming from. This happened to her often. The three roommates later met up at a party, and they discussed their time in the house. She told them about this weird habit she'd picked up and said they both turned white. Apparently, all three of them had been doing this, driving to the house uncontrollably and not being able to explain why. At the same party after my friend and the other girl had left, this random chick approached the boy roommate having no knowledge of their past with the house. She said... I know this may sound weird, but I'm a medium, and you have three things attached to you. Do you know anyone close to you who has passed? The boy skeptically responded, Yes, I lost both of my parents a few years ago. Could it be them? The medium said two of the attachments could be your parents, but that third thing is something else. That third thing is dark, and it wants you back. Now we can argue she made this up to try and frighten me, but I can promise you I know when she's lying, or trying to prank me. The specificity of this story is too legit, and she'd have no reason to make this up. I'm just really glad she never asked me to sleep over while she lived there. As you all know, it's Halloween, and my friends and I just had a really weird experience. We were sitting in the cemetery next to the host friend's house and smoking weed at around 9.39, 45 p.m. We were just messing around and having fun until we heard a super loud growl from the woods behind us. Like, not an animal growl, but not a man growl either. It sounded like Mongolian throat singing or something. I asked everyone, did you guys hear that, but nobody responded and one of my friends took off running. We all took off running after her, even my friend whose legs give out on him a lot and would be in extreme pain every time he ran. So I know they weren't doing it tough with me. My one friend said he could hear someone running through the woods behind us, and another friend heard what sounded like a man yelling after us. The neighborhood is full of extremely rich old people, and none of us think they would pull a prank like that, especially since it was pitch black, and we had no flashlights, so you wouldn't just be able to casually see us in the cemetery unless you were looking on purpose. Any ideas on what the F just happened to us, On that day, July 17, 2017, I was relaxing at home in Santa Cruz, California, when I noticed some movement across the street from my kitchen window. It's a small side street with lots of large trees. It was hard to tell what I was seeing at first because they appeared to have some sort of camouflage, but they looked like black swat uniforms with small yellow lettering. Once I was able to get a better view. They were up in a tree, very well hidden by the leaves, and I was only really able to see them when they moved. It was apparent when they moved as opposed to the wind, because only a small section of a branch would vibrate. I was startled and anxious because they were looking toward my house, and I first thought they had me under surveillance or something and couldn't understand what was going on. I watched them in the tree for at least five, ten minutes, and I was crouched low looking through a cutout in my fence. They seemed to spot me at some point, and some kind of faint beeping sound started, like an alarm on a radio or walkie. Talkie! They then began trying to slowly and secretly climb down ropes that I could see being controlled by a man high in the tree wearing a blue jacket. They dropped out of sight behind the neighbor across the street's fence. So this was all weird enough, but what happened next was absolutely mind-blowing. I was trying to see where they went behind the fence and noticed something very tall at the back of the driveway of their next-door neighbor. Their driveway extends behind their house into the backyard. I realized I was looking at an unbelievably tall woman with very blonde long hair, She had a sort of gray and white jumpsuit on with a strange-looking oval back covering that went around the top of her head and all the way down to her feet. It was only solid in the back and was whitish in color with a patterned border around the edge. It didn't really look like fabric, but I couldn't tell what it was. Her eyes were extremely large. She stood very still, but moved slightly, and there seemed to be a shorter humanoid shape wearing the same color jumpsuit moving around rather wildly at her feet. But the shadow of the fence made it hard to see that part. The sunlight was good and bright, and the only obstruction was some sparse shadowing from tree leaves. Not really sure what I was looking at, I looked back to where the black-wearing tree-climbers had been and saw that suddenly there was now a short skin-colored something standing behind their fence. The fence is a lattice pattern, so there are a good many holes you can see through. It was too short to be seen over the top of the fence, but I could see a very large face with a deeply wrinkled forehead and eyes that almost looked like they were made of some kind of glitter. They were very large and somewhat rounder than what people usually describe as alien eyes. I could see that it was looking right at me, so not knowing what else to do, I waved at it. It then reached a hand with very long bony fingers through the fence lattice and waved back. It waved a couple more times, stopping in between waves. I was so stunned that I had to look away and shake my head to make sure I wasn't hallucinating. When I looked back, it had stopped waving and was a little farther back from the fence. It seemed like a good entity, whatever it was. Even though I was seeing from across the street through two fences, I could see it quite well. Things somehow got even weirder after that. I decided to lie down for a minute, glancing back to where the massive woman had been, but there didn't seem to be anyone there anymore. I went up into my little loft, which is several skylights under a giant live oak tree. I stared at the tree, trying to process what I had just witnessed, when I noticed a couple of branches quivering like the ones the covert ops guys had been shaking. I expected to see more of those creepy agents, but instead strained to see a much smaller creature climbing expertly up into the high branches. It was difficult to see it clearly because it seemed to be a dusty gray-green color, much like the bark and leaves of the tree. It seemed to have textured skin, possibly scaly, and it, it had angular face with teeny tiny little projections like little horns or possibly short and tenny. It has a small mouth that looked full of sharp teeth. Its eyes were quite large and dark. It had a humanoid build but was short. I stared at this for many minutes, wondering what the hell was going on. Then I caught sight of some slight movement on other branches and saw two more of the same creatures climbing easily up the tall tree. They reached a high-up branch that was big enough to lie on. The light, once they stopped moving much, was not ideal and it was hard to see them when they were sitting still. In the shade of the branches, it looked like an even smaller dark green creature was working on the gray colored one's back somehow. It looked like a massage to me. I watched until my neck was too painful from looking up to continue. When I looked back a little later, the branches were empty. This was all preceded by an unnerving experience late the night before. I got up to get water and glanced at the driveway neighbor's window. Inside, I saw an unnaturally gangly figure that was bluish light gray. It was staring out of their window directly at me, which caught me off guard, and I let out a little shriek. I walked from the kitchen into the bathroom and looked again, seeing that its eyes followed where I was. I called my boyfriend in fear and told him what I was seeing. He was just excited while I was scared. I thought that would be the end of it when I went to bed, but the next day it was even crazier. I wish I had a way to find out what was going on. There was also a very small orb darting about the branches of the oak tree, and any time it would graze a twig it would give a little shake. I've never seen a bird or bug or other flying life form move in that manner. I attest that this is all true, and I described it to the best of my knowledge i've never seen anything like this before and really would like to know what was going on and if it is real why so many different kinds of extraterrestrials were in my neighborhood